Hey guys, welcome back to Epic Tiki's Take the Podcast. My name is Luke Soyan, and uh, today we reviewed Black Panther, finally. Um, I saw it twice, and the second time I saw it, I saw it with uh, new podcast favorite Maria Gloria and Melanie Ford, and Keo, um, he just goes by Keo. He's like Madonna, but he's Keo. And um, we went to see Black Panther together. Uh, me and Keo both saw it before that, and then the four of us saw it together, and we were like, let's review the movie. So here we are uh, reviewing Black Panther. Uh, we loved it. Um, we go into full spoilers, so if you haven't seen it yet, uh, you've been warned. And, um, yeah, you can check out everyone on the podcast except for me does improv, although I did do improv recently. Well, that was weird and fun and interesting and scary. Um, I did the... Improv Jam at the Comedy Spot, which you can go to every Thursday at 9 and try. I think you have to take their 101 class, but I got grandfathered in for being a stand-up comedian or something. I don't know. So anyways, um, thank you for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe the podcast. Tell your friends about us if you like what you're listening to. And um, enjoy the review. Oh, and sorry about the audio. Uh, I only had two microphones we were sharing, and... um, they sometimes would speak with no microphone in front of them, but it's okay. It's okay. We're all figuring it out and stuff. So, yeah. Okay. Enjoy the podcast. Uh, we'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Epic Tiki Podcast, or the Epic Tiki's Take Podcast. Doesn't matter what it's called. You're listening. <laughs> don't don't look away like that. Don't be ashamed. No, I had like I thought I saw a spider. Oh, it's recording, so don't talk off the mics. We're we're sharing microphones. You know what? This isn't gonna work, or is it? Do we have to be like legit this close? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so my name is Luke Soyan, and with me today is Maria Gloria, Melanie Ford. Keo. He's like Madonna, just one just name. name. <laughs> I just stick with that. Like, that's, yeah, long story. Long story, but yeah, I'll All stick right. with that. This is going to be interesting. Okay, so uh, I need to get, hey, if anyone, maybe we'll start a Patreon and then we'll get microphones. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, we decided to, re- we, we all saw Black Panther and we wanted to talk about it because that's what we do on the show, so we review things. We know so. we know this is the take you're all waiting for, which is f- like two white people and two not black people <laughs> <laughs> talking about Black Panther. <laughs> I know. I have. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, I'm brown. I'm like the only brown person here, and then we have Keo, who is Cambodian. Oh yes, I'm the other shade of brown. I'm a different <laughs> flavor. <laughs> I'm like like. You know how you have, like, chocolate ice cream, cafe. I'm like cafe mocha. There you go. There's just, like, a little bit off the side. Maybe a little bit of some... And you're probably, like, caramel. No, I'm dulce de leche, homie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My bad. That's me. I didn't know that, like, I don't have any racial ice cream for me. So I like, was going to name you matcha, but... Oh, yeah, it could be matcha. There you go. Yeah, I'll take that, but... Yeah. Coffee? I, you... I, yeah, I said, like, cafe you mocha. say that? Oh, my bad. Yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm going to stick with matcha. I'll, let, I'll stop saying people's skin colors as I'm the white guy. So anyways, 
<laughs> Let's talk about Black Panther. <laughs> oh, they're all they're all you guys are all improv comedians, which is why you're here because you're awesome. I don't know people. I don't know if people know anyone, but who's listening? Right into the show. Let us know. <laughs> are you listening out I'm there? All. Please I'm let all. us know. Yeah, but uh, Tori is listening sometimes. Hey Chris, how's it going? Uh, yeah. I will, I will even accept hate mail at this point. Just know, for the right? love of God, notice Any me. Any exposure is good <laughs> exposure. <laughs> yes. All exposure is good exposure. Yeah. Except when I take off my pants. That's, that's still acceptable. Yeah. Tell that to the dog. <laughs> and the peanut butter. <laughs> okay, so this movie was hella cool. It's a Marvel movie. It counts in the MCU. I don't know. I'm just dating facts. Mm-hmm. I'm still getting to know you guys, so... <laughs> oh, that's fine. Um, but Ouch. yeah. What? Nothing. Well, I meant mostly them. <laughs> I know. Aw, domestic defi- dispute <laughs> over Black Panther. <laughs> that's the, you know what I meant. Okay, so... Uh, I don't what do you guys think overall? It's, uh, it's, it's like we're like 15 or 16 movies into the series of Marvel movies now. Yeah. And it's so crazy that they're still good. This is like one of the better ones, right? I would say. Yeah. I'll, I'll put that up there. Uh, I'm a, like, I give it a solid eight, eight point five. With all things considered, yeah, I know a lot of people are like, "It's a ten out of 10. Uh, all there's things some things wrong with it a little bit. Yeah, and there's just me being nitpicky. But all things considered, what I guess Disney Marvel brought to the table when it came to the movie, like, yes, that's a ten out of ten. Everything around it, the movie itself, again, probably like. Eight five, but I enjoyed it. I legitimately enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, again, we watched it. Some of us watched it twice. Yeah, you and me saw it. That was yeah. our second time when we all went together. Yeah, and I enjoyed it even more the second time. It was pretty fun. Yeah, it's like sex. Yes, it gets better the more you do it, and then when you introduce like toys, <laughs> tell that to the dog. Like imagine watching that movie <laughs> <laughs> with a buffalo <laughs> or peanut butter. Yeah, you know or I was going to say a Black Panther action figure and you could reenact the movie while you're watching it. That would be really tight. Uh, in case you're listening to this before you've seen the movie, I just want to make clear that there's no bestiality in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why this is happening. Yeah. Um, 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 I not... love the movie. Yes. I thought it was great. I was one of the two that only watched it once. But I also want to say thank you to Luke and Keo for being down to watch it with us a second time. I didn't know yeah. you guys were. Wa- I well, I knew you were watching it a second time, but I didn't know Keo was watching it a second time until he was like there in the sauce, and he was like, "No, this is the second time watching." It. I was like, "Oh, thank you for coming out. I have friends. I have friends." I I did it for the the popcorn with the jalapeno cheese oh on it, God. and I was like, "I'm I'm gonna season the shit out of this popcorn." I was down with that. I'm just gonna put this out there real quickly, dude. I thought you had like really dirty hands at first, cause. I was like, why is this popcorn spicy and, like, super salty? <laughs> and I didn't know. And then I saw you put something in, and I was like, oh, shit, what is that? And you were like, a jalapeno. And I was like, oh, thank God. I thought I was eating your dirty ass, like, germs. What's wrong with that? <laughs> nothing. Nothing at all. Germs only make you stronger. That's true. I built immunities. Built immunities. But so the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, what do we like about it? I think it was really cool because uh, this is what I was – Talking to my friend Ellis, uh, who was a black guy. So, <laughs> don't worry, guys. He I have should a black be here friend. on the show. Yeah. No, so no, but I was talking to him about like I thought it was cool how, um, like one of the things that makes the movie so great is you get like African culture in this film, and not just like American African culture. It's like 
from Africa and like a lot African, of African African yeah culture. and it was beautiful and it was awesome to see and it was like colorful and fun and exciting and like something you've never seen before really which is kind of sad but it's kind of like I don't know I mean there's so many movies with like Irish people or Italian yeah. people or even like Muslim people and it's like finally there's a movie like this and and it's like you know they're it was it was just portrayed really well and I thought like one of the things that really stuck out to me was the fantasy of it for like young black kids because like in the movie the bad guy oh by the way we're gonna spoil everything so stop listening oh, yeah. if you haven't seen it yet um but so the, yeah the bad guy killmonger he he his dad gets killed in the first five minutes of the movie but his dad told it like he was born in america so he had all this all these like you know his dad would tell him about wakanda and how beautiful it was and the sunset is amazing and all this stuff and it's like just imagining like a real kid growing up in Oakland, like wishing that he had this magical place. It's just like I could really feel that, you know, that uh, if I could chime in, uh, I'm born, raised in Stockton. So it's like uh -huh. in terms of I'm like I'm not going to try to rack and stack like the ghetto ness, but like I came from like a lower income neighborhood and it was really tough. And I think that line, the very uh, uh, the line in the end, like just talking about like a kid believing in fairy tales, uh, that really stuck with me just because at one point I <laughs> I remember being in my room and we we're just like broke and I had like I think I had a bad day and I just really wish that like my parents were like secret royalty from yeah from Asia or Cambodia and I'm like man I could I'm like I bet I'm a prince like I I actually believed in a fairy tale for a good like hour and a half and I was like I'm stupid. But then I totally saw that manifestation in the way that Michael B. Jordan I, – I fucking love this dude. And, like, the way he just, like, let it out, I was like, oh, my God. That actually took me back 20 years yeah. to that moment in my bedroom. And I was like, that's crazy. Like, yeah. yeah. It meant a lot. I think this movie, if anything, it opened doors and definitely in the right direction finally because I was – I'm not a, an immigrant per se. I was – I was born here, but I moved to Mexico until I was four, moved back, and I still had to, like, learn English, and I was a little brown girl. <laughs> I was, like, the only little brown girl in my kindergarten class. I was just with a bunch of little white kids, and, it, I mean, yeah, I think it, like Keo said, it pulled me back to a place, and I, I get it, like, power to the to the brown people. This is what this movie did for me. We're moving in a good direction, I think, racially-wise in movies. Well, yeah, and, like, uh, again, this is – sorry. Again, this, when it comes to, like – yeah, movie itself, 8.5, everything that brought – like, it brought to the table, what it represented was yeah. a 10 out of 10. And uh, I think right before, like, Luke, you had the Doctor Strange uh, robe on. I was like – I honestly – like, I love the fact that it was so popular because um, I wanted – like, now I'm like, cool, now we could do – other cultures or like uh representation on any other front will be okay and i don't want things to be like if they're gonna do asian not like extremely stereotypical but at least give the representation of everything else like yeah well they they i mean i don't know if they'll be able to do this soon but maybe like some of the older heroes the characters are getting old like mark ruffalo and uh chris uh chris evans i almost say chris pine so many chrises yeah yeah, and some of these guys in the comics, the these heroes have like new characters. Like 
there's a black Iron Man, like a girl, and then there's then an Asian Hulk. So they could introduce people like that and then phase out the older guys and then you could have like, you know, stuff like that. I I can't think of any like really major Asian heroes. Yeah. Like there's back back in the nineties we had Jubilee and she like she set off fireworks. I was like, yeah. Really? <laughs> Chinese girls setting off fire- anyways. Then I she turned it. into a vampire, I've heard. I don't what? know. Dude, yeah. I'm down with Asian vampires. Yeah. <laughs> Has it have they ever had Asian vampires in a movie before? Twilight, I'm looking I'm at to you. Think about Twilight right now. <laughs> mm, nah. nah. Yeah. Don't be afraid to get on the mic. That's how I know you guys are improvisers because you held the microphone with two fingers. Like, is this okay? You can, like, this is a stage mic, so you can totally, like, well, just. Well, if I do a firm grasp, it brings yeah. me back to other times where I have a firm grasp on something. So <laughs> I'm just, like, I'm just keeping it real for myself. Yeah. And meanwhile, that's why I'm so comfortable with this microphone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. I don't know. Yeah, I think the movie was cool and special for all those reasons, and it was it was kick ass. It was fun, uh, and it also felt I liked that the characters. It wasn't really addressed what race they were. You know, they just were awesome people. You know, because like, I feel like some movies, it's like also we're black, and it's like they just were great, and it was as if nothing. You know what I mean? Same thing with the Does females. This... Go ahead. No, yeah, but it was also addressed that they were black. You you see what I'm saying? Like it, they weren't afraid to to say, yeah, these are hood guys from Oakland. They're these are indigenous people from you know a small place in Africa. They weren't afraid of it either, which I think is awesome. They called attention to it in the most beautiful way, and still made it like really fit into the story beautifully. They weren't uh, they weren't shy from it, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I just meant like these people are presented as just they've always been this way. Like the people who live in wakanda if that makes sense i don't know if right maybe... they, they acted like people yeah it, it, and it was, it was great no, because, but i mean yeah. i don't know i i i feel weird saying this because i'm a white guy but <laughs> do you guys get what i'm saying people were people when they didn't walk up and were like hey you know i'm people too like there was just they just were yes and like the way the the demeanor and the 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 way the movie presented itself it was just like this is what it is it's not anything we're not dressing it up as revolutionary. No. It is what it is. Yeah. And that's what just made it so, like, heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with, like, the female representation. Thank you, yeah. Like, my favorite character is Okoye, uh, Okoye and yeah. she's freaking the best. That was my yep. girl all the way through because she was just a badass through and through. She didn't have a chip on her shoulder. No. Like, she didn't want to, had to prove anything. She was just this badass general. Loyal to Wakanda. Yeah. yeah. And and she was, like, respected all the time. Like, she's just – no one addresses, like, that she's a woman or not. She just is this, like, respected warrior general, like, person who advises T'Challa. And it, it's kind of weird because in a Black Panther movie, he's kind of, like, the weakest character in a lot of yeah. ways as the title character. And those, all these other characters do a lot more and have a lot more to do, and they they shine. You know, like, he does a great job for sure. But I feel like, you know, you get, like, a lot more, I don't know. I think, yeah, uh, if anyone wants to chime in, but the supporting cast was literally the best part to a fault in a way. I was going to say the casting was perfect. The casting was absolutely perfect. Everybody fit in so well um, individually in certain scenes and then in group scenes at all. Just It didn't feel uncomfortable to watch at all at any point in the movie, which I really loved, even though they kept on bringing, like, people from – the air force or and then the villain one of them was white one of them was black like everything just really fit perfectly beautiful yeah 
I don't. I like talking about race and not being. Anyways, I feel so uncomfortable. But I, I wanted to say, like, what I really liked about this movie is that, like, um, there's like. Thought about it so much, and now I'm just like water words. Yeah, you um, sent us like three uh, video. I didn't watch any of them. Or I'm I got, sorry. I got, I got really excited about. I do that with good movies. Um, get way too into like media critics and stuff. Um, yeah. but like, okay, so I feel like of like a drama, like an adult, like niche drama, like you don't get a story as like complicated and nuanced, let alone like from like a Marvel movie. And, like, this was, like, a phenomenal Marvel movie, and it was also just a phenomenal movie, period. Yeah. And, like, I really, like, I love that, like, there's so much debate about, like, who the villain was and, like, yeah, cause like he, culpability it, on both parts. And, like, it's not, like, it's not clean cut, and it so easily could have been. It wasn't black and white. There's a lot of gray area. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. That's my biggest gripe about uh, Marvel. I think this is a cynic in me because, like, Marvel, again, Luke, you said, you know, we're, like, movie 15. They And they're a bil- billion-dollar company. These are billion-dollar productions. Uh, well, 200, $300 million. Yeah, yeah. But they bring it down to a science and, like – um, all a lot of the movies beforehand, especially when it comes to an origin story, it's like the hero's journey. Like they get this power, they do something bad. Um, it's X, Y, and Z, very paper cut. Action scenes already planned out. You already know where like the climax is going to be. They have with, a sky battle in the sky with a laser in the sky. Yeah, freaking movie. Yeah, yeah. And with this one again, like what Melanie said, it's just like there's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of back and like back and forth. It wasn't. It was still. Again, it's always strategic. It's a movie company, uh, but I still the, the, there was some heart into it. Oh yeah, there's a lot of heart. Like mm-hmm. the all the as soon as I saw the Oakland stuff, it just made me go like, oh, this is like a like it it grounded the movie so much because we see like New York or L A or San Francisco, but like Oakland, that's like you know they didn't go to any like special landmarks. It was just a random place in Oakland, and it just felt really real. And that's one of the cool things about Killmonger is. You know he is the bad guy, but you also get what he's saying, and you agree with him. You're like, well, they should they should have been helping. Like, what are they doing? Mm. And that's I think that's what T'Challa's journey is: is like realizing, oh my my four my forefathers they were doing it wrong. We need to like help. But that's going to introduce a whole new set of problems probably because everyone's going to want their stuff now. Mm. They'll be like, why aren't you giving us this now? Like, well, we don't trust you because you're going to use it the wrong way. You know, like right. it's going to be a whole thing. It is a can, of, a can of worms or Pandora's box, and I think everyone – I mean it was expressed really well in the movie that um, a lot of the leaders were afraid of opening the box. And now we're at this point where uh, – like I remember the scene where they're in – after Killmonger kind of takes over, they're in that room, and they're just like it's either be conquered or the conquerors. Um, the rest of the world is actually catching up. And that was a lot of parallels to like um, the colonial period as well. And so like, and they kept on referencing history and I'm a history like person, not a nerd because nerds are smart, but I'm a history, <laughs> I'm a history person, history person. And I really appreciate that there were research. I watched the videos of like, Oh yeah, they, they did their research. Yeah. Yeah. In the end, that's the bottom line, and I liked it. I also, I mean, I kind of feel cheesy for pointing this out, but also like, dude, the guy for who made it is from Sac, is from Oakland, and he he's he graduated from Sac State. Like, mm. word up. So did I. Yay! Uh, stingers up. <laughs> what? Stingers uh, Sac State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stingers. I didn't hear. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
It's very exciting. No, it's it's a great movie. I think, but then, like, some of the negatives I thought were, I felt like a lot of Killmonger's dialogue was very uh, exp- expository. Like, you would just say what he's going to do and what he's thinking. He's like, we're going to take over the world. We're going to send our lasers all over the... Co-. Like, okay, you could just, you know, we see that the ships are going... Like, I thought it was weird how he was such a good character, and then sometimes he would say stuff... Like just exactly what's on his mind to describe what's going to happen, you know. It was no, I don't think people noticed that, but it was a very James Bond bad guy in the sense that he would say exactly what his plan was. Yeah, it was kind of cheesy. I I get that, but I still think he, like his um his his character was perfect, and I love how hit they like pinned him with a certain sense of humor like when he was like, "Hey, what up, Auntie?" Like I died. Yeah, that, that was like, the, that, that was the realest moment. That was the. And then it was just beautiful, beautiful character. That and uh, when I tell you to do something, I mean that shit. Like, those are, like, my two favorite lines of that movie. Just yeah. because those were not, like, it carried weight behind it, like, to who he was as a person. And, uh, again, what Luke said it was just, like, everything else he just said what he was going to do. But those two moments, to me, they were just, like, oh, that just, that came with history for, like, yeah. something. He didn't have to explain that shit. No. See, and for me, once he got into Wakanda, I didn't catch any direct quotes or any expository language because he had his shirt off. Let's talk about that, Mel. <laughs> Let's okay. talk about that. Oh, like, right, Let's right talk here. about that. He's a beautiful, beautiful man. Yes. Yeah. Did Did you hear about the girl who popped her retainer? No. Yeah, she, like, this is a real thing. She clenched her jaw so hard at Michael B. Jordan taking his shirt off in this movie that she, like, broke her steel retainer. And... I believe it. It went viral, and now he's like, I feel bad, I'll buy you a new retainer. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, his character work was amazing, I think. Because I've seen him in Creed. Loved him in Creed. I also saw him in Fruitvale Station. Loved him in that as well. And this... We saw another side of him, a more asshole side of him. And it was beautiful, but I also, because I, I couldn't hate him as a villain, because I knew where he was coming from. I knew what he was trying to do. He was trying to avenge his dad. He was trying to, you know, work for his people, you know, growing up in Oakland. So I really couldn't hate him, but, like, he, he was kind of a dick. Yeah. But he played such a lovable villain at the same time. Like, he really knew how to, how to draw you in. And he's a beautiful man. And goddamn. Yeah. Goddamn. Yep. Yep. Shredded ass. Yeah. Yep. He had, he was more ripped than than Chadwick Boseman was, which was so weird. It was like the hero of the movie, like he looks good, but but Killmonger was like he had set up, dude. He had dinner plate pecs, like it was crazy. Dinner plate, pecs. <laughs> fucking dinner plates. <laughs> Have you never heard that before? No, no, that's not yeah, at all. That's a thing people say. Sure, I'm pretty sure. Sure. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I also loved um, you. You guys mentioned, like you mentioned, that it was like a a Bond villain. But there's other Bond elements which I thought was really cool. Like Shuri, his sister, she has all these gadgets for him, and they do a scene just mm-hmm. like a Bond movie where she like shows him all the new stuff and like the little like the things that turn the car off or can the take control suit. of the car. Yeah, the yeah, suit, the new suit. And she even like she's like cute, like she fucks with him. She's joking around and she makes him like punch the thing and follow. Like it's so great, and you get that that they're brother and sister mm-hmm. like yeah. it's such a great relationship like, the, that that tone was already set the moment he landed in wakanda and she gave him the finger and i was like oh yeah. cool this is a cool tone yep um i think one of my 
my nitpickiness is that some some jokes were kind of shoehorned in it. They did they sh- they did the whole Bond. Here's your gadgets. They didn't do anything with the sneakers. I was yeah, kind of pissed. They, yeah, they did kind of seed it like, oh, these don't make any sound. He's like, oh, interesting. And then there's no scene later where he uses them. Yeah, it yeah. took a minute to point it out, and then they never addressed it again. And maybe it was a deleted scene. Yeah, and like there was a lot of edits. Weird. Yeah. yeah, there was a lot of cuts. I know. I mean, when the movie's what two and a half hours long. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, I, I can't. Like we try to make sketches, right? And putting those together is difficult. Like just imagine like this, like a big production like this. All these sets, all these ca- all this cat, these cast members, all, all those takes. Yeah, the soundtrack, the editing, the visual effects. That like, soundtrack that though. Stuff. Yeah. That soundtrack, though. Yes, Keo. Loved it. Fuck. Every time Michael B. Jordan came into a scene with that soundtrack that came on that was, like, really marble but super trappy, I was like, fuck yes. Because that that really was, like, from where, like, I felt like I was home in a way. Yeah. And I was like, I could really relate to this. And then with the music, it set the tone because now you could kind of, with the music, along with the music, you could find their ideology behind it. Yeah. So I, I that took it to another level for me. I loved it. I love that it wasn't the same old Marvel soundtrack, which is really generic, cheesy Marvel music. This one had like the element of Wakanda music. Like the music was really like tribal and beautiful, and you could feel like you know the oh, I don't know fucking countryness in it. I don't know like country. <laughs> I'm trying to find the word, but you guys know what I'm saying. And then when they mix the track, all yes, authentic. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was really authentic. And then the freaking trap music every time Michael B. Jordan came on. It was beautiful. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was cool. It, it is nice when a Marvel movie stands out because they really do, they all have, like, I'm a nerd, so I know if I hear the Thor theme, I know what that sounds like. I know what the Captain America one is a little bit. The Avengers one, I could, like, I know that. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, an opening theme they do before the movies start. Like, they all have this new title sequence with all, like, Marvel and it. You know, that's a pretty exciting one, but yeah, that I don't know. I think I told you guys, but there's like a thing I, I watched a YouTube video where they explain that what happened the one of the reasons why the soundtracks all suck now is because movies do this thing where they film stuff and then they use placeholder music, so they take some other movie soundtrack, put it in, and then the executives see it and they go, Yeah, do the same music or something like that and then they put a bunch of stuff that ends up sounding the same instead of getting like John Williams or Michael Giacchino or Hans Zimmer. That would be so epic, but great score nonetheless. Yeah. Who was the artist? Kendrick? Was it Kendrick who was on it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I I listened to that soundtrack, the the music list that Kendrick put up, and yeah. like I woke up to it because I, uh, in the morning I was uh, like I was like Google Play Music and like it started playing it automatically. I was like, yo. Yep. It it just felt familiar but new. Mm-hmm. Uh. And the catering to that or like just making it that making that work just felt so natural. And yeah. I just loved it. I, I like it for as its own. Like yeah. I would totally listen. I listen to it as its own. It doesn't have to be with the movie. It stands by itself. Oh, yeah. And that you can't say that with any other Marvel movie like at all. But yeah, when we went to Applebee's after that, Luke was even like, I think that I think the trap music was a little cheesy. And I was like, no, I think the trap music uh-huh. was what made it. I thought it was funny. It's like, oh, he's from Oakland, so he's a gangster. Like, I don't know. It just felt a little bit on the nose. But it was cool, and it was very different. I enjoyed it. The soundtrack was done by Ludwig Gorenson from Sweden. 
Ludwig Goransson. Oh, that's awesome. He's yeah. It says here he's done like he did Fruitvale Station and Creed, so he's worked with Ryan Coogler before. So that's cool. I remember the Creed uh, soundtrack was pretty good. They tried to do a little bit of of Rocky in there. I mean, for obvious reasons, but they did their own thing. It wasn't as good as Bill Conti's, but it was all right. It was all right. Did you just name the composer for Rocky? Yeah. Oh my God. That's awesome. <laughs> Pretty cool. There's, I was just scrolling through the cast list, and there's like so many people. Who else have we not? What about Daniel Kaluuya um, from Wakabi. Get Out? Wakabi. Yeah, Wakabi. I thought I liked his character so much, but then he's like such a dick for switching sides. He got on my nerves for that reason. Yeah, but it made sense. Like that is the argument. He, they needed someone in that position to do that thing, where he's like, "Yeah, it, this makes sense." Uh, I like the dynamic that. The, like Okoye is his wife, and so they st- like they still collision, and that was cool. Like, yeah, I get that because of because of that reason, it created a lot of tension, and because he had a certain beliefs which they established in the scene when it was just the both of them talking, mm-hmm. which was really cool foreshadowing. Now that I'm thinking about it, but it still did kind of piss me off because uh, you know he was like, he was they were supposed to be boys, and when friendships are broken like that, in movies it always like. Hmm. I always I always feel it more than I get than not I guess, but I I get why. <laughs> yeah, I I actually I liked it because it was like he was sort of like we're talking about shades of gray. There's like, you know, Chadwick Boseman and his dad kind of when he starts, it's like oh we don't do anything, we stay put, we stay hidden in our hologram, and then you have, uh. Uh, Killmonger being like, no, we're going to expose and like change the world and take over. And then you have Wakabi in the middle, like, well, we should like help and be there and maybe help our people out. Like he's, I don't think he wants like mass murder and conquering, but I think he wants to help his people. And then you have like um, Lupita Nyong'o's character, um, Nakia, and she's out doing missions on her own, just like trying to help, you know, refugees and stuff. You see that at the beginning of the movie. And it's, I almost feel like, like, um, T'Challa's an asshole for taking her away from that mission. Like, it seemed really important. He's like, well, I'm going to be king, so I need you to come watch me beat up this guy. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. It was it was an interesting way of introducing her to the scene, but I think, it, it like, at, when they addressed it later on as a, a subsequent scenes, like, oh, I was like, okay, I kind of get it. I kind of get the, what Nakia has, the chip on her shoulder. Um, again, it's just very uh, parallel to... Uh, you know, many social issues today of like who who's on what side. You have like two different sides, and then you have these outliers, um, and how people get more more support from these other groups as well. And it was just a good way of just uh, pointing it out or like laying it out. Yeah, I uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I also one of my favorite characters was um, Umbaku. And my favorite line in the movie oh is when they're they're going to uh, they're bringing him the purple flower so that he can be the new Black Panther because they think T'Challa's dead, and he does that joke where he's like, "What does he say?" He's like, "We're gonna eat you," uh, and he's vegetarian. like, "Just kidding, we're all vegetarians." Yes. <laughs> that was yeah, that it's, was so good. It's like the only thing as a white person I'm annoyed about is that I know that, like, all I want is for to be able to bark at mansplainers and i know that i can't get away with that but i want to 
Wait, what? What do you mean? The, the barking scene. How can you not? Well, they were like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and just fucking just made him stop talking. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah get on the mic. I'm just being the background. You don't want to hear me grunt. <laughs> <laughs> well, just, yeah. Wait, are, oh, so you're saying, like, you can't do the grunting thing because it's a black thing. So then if you did it, that'd be bad. I don't think it's necessarily a black thing. I think it's just her... I mean, you could talk to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not necessarily a black thing. It's just a Black Panther thing, and I don't think I'm allowed. I don't think I'm allowed to incorporate that into my own culture. I get it. I get it. I don't understand what you mean. I think that's you talked about that too at Applebee's when you were like, "I want to be able to talk like them," because you can do the accent really good, but then you're like, <laughs> "I should," and you're like, "But it's so fun to say it." It is fun. It's like a cool accent. That's the thing is like, if you know, if you if I do like an Irish guy, it's totally okay. Or a French guy, or a New Zealand guy. I never freeze. He does it so good, it's annoying. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's it's just, but it's interesting. Like one of the things that interests me about cultural appropriation is it's like people pick and choose when it's a problem, and usually it's based on like skin color mm-hmm. and not like any. I don't know. Welcome to America. Yeah, there's there's shit that I can't say. Yeah. That or in ways I can't say it. I work. Well, this is a f- just say it on this financial podcast. stability. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I would like to deposit that. That check today, <laughs> no. See, it doesn't fucking work. Um, but there, it's not going to And for and for Melanie, I will bark the fuck out of someone in your steed next time. Why don't? But you could bark like they were doing like a gorilla thing. I feel oh. like you could do like another animal. You could choose like like an eagle I'll, or like. I will full DMX someone. Yeah, Just. yeah. You could do like a like a dog dog. I was sitting in the back of a bus one day in like high school, and I was like a freshman. And my friend Shanice was like explaining to all of us who were in the backseat, and there was like three white people, like two Mexican people, and the rest were black. And they were like legit saying, like, you only people Gloria Shade and Darker can say the N word, and only if you end it with an A. And they were like giving us lectures of what we couldn't and couldn't say. And they were the ones that were like, white people can't say anything. And that was like the first time I ever really saw like tables turn. And that, I'm sorry, it just reminded me of that day in my life when I was like, oh shit, life is real. <laughs> it's real out here. <laughs> life is real. Yeah, life is real. Don't be sorry about a, a story. Jeez. It was, a great, s- I mean, it, was, it was a pivotal moment in my life. I still haven't said the N-word, but... <laughs> I, love how, I love how that's your life is real moment. Like, I think... <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> He's doing gestures for everyone listening. <laughs> pointing to himself. Yeah, what uh, what do you guys think of? Um, I really love that Korea scene where they go to South Korea and they go into like it's just like there's like a whole sequence of this movie that's like a Bond movie that's squished into this Marvel slash like you know almost like a war at the end you know, but I love that it's like they go and they there's like a deal going on with weapons and stuff and well not weapon I mean kind of and then they have like a cool chase scene and like. Uh, 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 what's her? Shuri uh, drives a car, and then it's funny and great. I don't know. I, I mean, Okoye spearing people, throwing her spear. At, she she throws a spear through a car at one point, and it smashes the car, and it flips. Oh, it was so cool. Yeah, I think that was one of my favorite uh, sequences, just because it was like fun, uh, unadulterated. Yeah, you said that they had that Bond moment when they're walking down the stairs and he had this hand on his chest. I'm like, yo, yeah, that's fucking They're all baller. dressed like so cool and they look awesome and they're like someone, they can still kick ass like any minute. Someone pointed out that their color scheme represented the fla- like a flag. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. I have to double check. 
Um, it was like green, black, and red, right? Yeah. And some yellow? Like I think so. Reggae flag? I don't no. know. <laughs> but when they all arrived to Korea, mm-hmm. when... Uh, when they're walking down the stairs Nakia and Okoye Okoye yeah oh yeah so I remember that scene because when they all came out and they were all like beautiful in their dresses I remember like thinking like I need to go to the gym because these women's bodies are putting mine to shame like yeah it it was a good like I think overall in the scene it was a good amount of fun with a serious tone and still bond like and I want to just like chime in I was my first time watching it um I was watching it with someone who was in Korea and she was like, Oh, they're totally doing the Busan accent. Like where they were, the accent, like it wasn't just like, you know, like, cause we speak with Hollywood English. Okay. Like it's like, it'll be weird if we're in Florida or Mississippi or like the That's places. True. And then we'll just, and we talk like this same way. I think about, um, Oh, how yeah, they filmed in country. Korea. Yeah, in different country. Yeah, in Mexico, I have a different accent in northern Mexico than people in southern Mexico do. And, yeah. it, like, stuff like that just made a lot of sense. And, like, when they're like, oh, I'm with Kenyan people, like, they, that was kind of like the Kenyan English as well. Yeah. Um, all of that was just, like, and it was fun. Like, after the uh, claw, like, does the hand cannon, like, I would have the same reaction where I'm just like, holy shit, that was awesome. And, like, Claw was so fun. I actually really liked Claw in a way because he was just the guy with the hand cannon, the only other white dude. The bad guy? Yeah, bad guy. Oh, the guy from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, they're both from Lord of the Rings. Sure, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Martin Freeman, who plays um, um, Everett K. Ross, he's Bilbo Baggins in the, the Hobbit movies, yeah. And he's uh, Watson on Sherlock, which is an amazing BBC show. You should check it out. Benedict Cumberbatch is Sherlock. That's where I've seen him. He looks so familiar. Do you watch Sherlock? No. Oh. <laughs> Wait. How did you see? Or you saw him from The Hobbit? Is that what you, Oh, okay, okay. She said, yeah. Um, yeah, that part was tight. I don't know. What did you guys think about his suit? Because I thought he was a little too invincible in the suit. It was like he could just get thrown... Black Panther and the other suit that Killmonger wears later. Well, they're both Black Panther suits. Yeah, I just I just thought he said, "Well, they're both Black Panther suits. It won't pick up. It'll be really oh, no, quiet." I, I, I know. <laughs> you guys got to share the mic. Like, sorry, I hate to keep bothering you. Well, like I, I don't like sometimes I'm like I'm just gonna slide that to the side and don't want to take over too much. Uh, the suits. Uh, I mean, it made sense. It really did make sense for what it was. Like, it was a full vibranium suit for sure. I like that it took, like, kinetic energy. It reminded me of, like... Like you said, it, it did feel a little bit too invisible. This should have been, like, a sequence where, like, it had a fault. Like, the only fault was is that they had to go in the Underground Railroad and get deactivated. <laughs> did you... <laughs> the Underground Railroad. It really Yo. was! It's a, it really was. You're right. No, yeah, but it's like they had to set up this ridiculous thing because... Think Like, if he's wearing that suit in Infinity War, like, Thanos could try to squish him and he probably couldn't. You know, like, he just... It just seems like, and they had this, I thought that fight between the two of them was actually really lame, because it's like two CGI guys just kind of like randomly kicking yeah. each other. Like, I would have preferred if they were wearing costumes and they had like really cool fight choreography. Like, the way that the, the scenes, and I think they said this on the IGN Movies podcast when they were reviewing it, but they were talking about how like the fights in the water, in the waterfall, like for the being a king, like, mm-hmm. that was those fights were like more exciting and visceral and I really kind of wish that they had, like, echoed that style. That element into it. Yeah, and, like, I don't see why, like, there's parts when he's just wearing the costume, so I don't know why they had to always CGI him, 
You know, like, I thought that was a little lame. I thought the fight on the surface with all the rhinos was kind of cool. I've never seen rhinos being used that way. Yeah, it's funny that the favorite fight scenes come from outside the suit. Like, the power or, like, you know, again, uh, the Black Panther power was taken away. Like, and that's where the favorite best fight scenes yeah. come in. And, like, Okoye, like, spearing a car and they're doing chases like those are the most exciting moments that made me wonder like does she have superpowers like she's really crazy she says that gangsta yeah calm down about your girlfriend yo i really like the presence uh, just like i yeah i really like really like the all the characters actually they were just unadulterated like uh, like, i'm trying to use big vocabulary because i'm that impressed like they were just them and it was awesome ladies Get yourself a guy that talks about you the way Kyo talks about <laughs> Okoyo. Okoye. Okoye. Denai Guerrero. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't she like Michonne? And oh no, one of them is. Yeah. 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 She's Michonne. And she's a badass. And I don't even and watch Walking Dead. Nakia is a uh, Maz Kanata in the Star Wars movies. Oh really? Yeah. Nakia is also she was she's known for Twelve Years a Slave, and she was really funny on Billy on the Street. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, she's fantastic. In the end, okay, so yeah, I, I put a number. Jungle Book, she was in there. Behind it, so I feel like everyone should put like a number, favorite scene, and worse, or like, un, like you know, the bottom, the top tier, bottom tier, and then maybe a number and validate it. Wait, so we're gonna have a I need favorite. Somebody else to do an example of this. Yeah, so. yeah, you go so, first. So, very, like, st- like, starting it out, I said it was a solid 8.5. And oh, like, the overall, the movie. Yeah, overall, if we were, gonna if we were gonna. Pick a scene and then rate it. <laughs> yeah, like, no, no, no. Uh, like, okay. just overall, like, kind of feel of the movie as the movie. And that, like, whatever scenes. And then, like, the best part you felt, um, or what sequence you liked the most, and then the worst part or the weakest, right? So I would say, yes, it's a solid 8.5. Um, some of the things that jarred me the most was how I saw it right away. The first scene was kind of like blurry and some of the act, the movements were really jarring. And I think I know it's because of like CGI and how they have to pr- produce it for 3D, etc. So it was like a lot of production limitations. That kind of took me out, like it messed up my eyes for a second. But besides my own abilities i think amongst my favorite sequence which would be the probably the korea uh the korea sequence mm-hmm. uh, there are some parts that was kind of cheesy where like black panther or like uh chala has to uh do like the flip and it's like the boo, and you know that's just for 3d like i felt like he had to do the backflip yeah. over the car like because that's a preview bait i also wonder how much of that is ryan coogler has never done like a big budget superhero movie Mm -hmm. like i wonder if when he does probably gonna do black panther 2 Mm. i wonder if he's going to have a better handle of filming action scenes because i haven't seen creed but i assume it's like a boxing scene so that's why i feel like those water fight scenes were better right he hasn't handled like big scale like jumping around like superpower fights yeah not like like uh you know you watch avengers I don't know how Joss Whedon pulled it off, honestly. Like, he killed it. And then uh, the Russo brothers in the Captain America movies, like, they've been doing a great job. Right. But, yeah, I think it's just one of those things that will get better in the next one. And I think the only other, like, tidbit is, like, yeah, I really I love uh, Michael B. Jordan, Killmonger as a character. I think, like you said, some of it was, like, a lot of exposition. Um, the, my favorite moments was just him, like, kind of off the cuff. In the moment like that he, he shot his girlfriend, oh yeah, that holy was like, shit, yeah, that was such a good bad guy moment. But it also shows how much he cares. Like his one mission in life, had since he was a kid and saw found his dad dead on the floor, was to go to Wakanda and take it over. Like, and he does it. And like, what's crazy about it is like they didn't milk it. 
you shoot your girlfriend and like it's got to be like this whole like it was just like I'm like not even uh my bad it was yeah. just like cool not even right. talked about yeah twice. but yeah and I think the real moments were the best some of the moments just kind of was weak when he had to like do the exposition of like and it kind of got preachy in a way in a way but I know that it was preachy for a purpose so anyways that's kind of like my take before I go to my own didn't the girl. I might be remembering this wrong. Didn't the girlfriend apologize when she got caught? And there's like a moment where I'm like, why is that? Oh, because he's going to kill her. Yeah. And now I'm turned on. Why am I turned on? Do you think okay. that they had that agreement? Yeah. Like, if this happens, oh, yeah. you can kill me? Wow. I do think that. Yeah. I, just, I felt like she had. She was like, no, we're Bonnie and Clyde. This is forever. And he's like, nope, I'm uh, Logan. I'm going to drive a, 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 a limo. And <laughs> I don't know. Damn. Well, lone wolf. Yeah. Number rating. Favorite scene. Least favorite scene. Yeah. Like, yeah, like better, like better takes versus the lower takes. Okay. The- um, I'm gonna give it a nine. I don't know. I don't know that it was necessarily my favorite scene, but it was like the chewiest scene to me. It was the museum scene? Okay. Yeah. Um, like one of the things that, for me, college was a series of be of me saying I'm gonna do this thing. And then realizing that it was corrupt and awful and being like JK um, until I just ended up back in my dad's house trying to make TV shows. So um, and, one of the, and one of the things that happened was I was like, oh, I'm going to like I'm going to check out museum studies. I can at least do it for grad school. And I was like, well, this is so fascinating, but it's also like the least ethical thing I've, I've ever seen. And like like even. And so I just really liked that scene because it, like, even though it, like, didn't really resonate with me as somebody that's had their culture pilfered like that, it did resonate to me as somebody that, like, saw that and was like, "Mm, I'm good. Like, um, it didn't strike me at first, but the more I, like, did nerd reading and the more I thought about it, the more... I don't know that I disliked it, but I want to see where the, like attempts to help go on like Wakanda's end um I saw some really interesting like ideas about or like writings about how it was just sort of like replicating what white people do that's just kind of bullshit um and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna steal those talking points but they're out there um I don't want to take credit for something that's not mine not mine um well just work cite it you know say where you got it yeah if it's an interesting point then why not yeah, give me a second because I sent it. So I'll just find the thing. Can we like? Can I get some hold music? Okay. 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 All right. So um, there's going to be. Um, there is an article in bostonreview.net, and it's Christopher LeBron talking about why Black Panther is bad. And then you get a response article from progressivearmy.com that talks about... Progressive Army. I love that. basically Christmas like, Army. I can see what you're saying, but hear this out. And then they... Um, I didn't send you the link, but they have a podcast where they sit and they talked about the points. And like one of the things that came up that... like. It was really interesting, but it wasn't enough for me to justify sending y'all like a half hour. Um, was like they talk about how when the spaceship lands, um, the kids like, oh, can we take it apart and sell it? And how that's like a really fucked up way to portray a nine year old. Because if you think about it, any kid would be like, how the fuck do I fly that thing? Show me how to fly that thing. Before they would be like, let me take it apart and sell it. Like it just was yeah. insidious. Um, mm-hmm. but- yeah. 
is there any kind of argument of like would he say that or like I don't know I, I don't know if that's what they're going for is like this is how messed up Oakland is is that they would say that I don't know I just want to point out when my brothers were nine years old that's exactly what they would have thought and they're Mexican so it's just what happens when you grow up really poor and, it's possible. and eating shit yeah, yeah that's fair but, yeah think, but that was that was something that they talked about that's like it's been chewy for me more than it's been like a set opinion yeah i mean to me it's like it's underscoring the fact that like they need to be there to fix this like they have the wrong like idea about stuff i don't know yeah because yeah i would also want to be like whoa what is that can we like fly it somewhere but then yeah it does now that you say that i do think like wow that is kind of insensitive like what if that kid, why can't he be like a cool kid that wants to see a spaceship? You know, like I would, right. cause you're right. Like the first thing I would say, but I grew up in Folsom, so fuck me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but the first thing I would say would be like, can we see the inside and go to Jupiter? Like what's going on here? I think there was some back and forth, uh, like what you were saying, Maria, like, yeah, there are the kids that are going to be from Stockton. Like part of my car is like, like the emblem in the back, like someone popped it off and like they, we, I came up in a culture or in an area where, you know, they'll take pieces of a car and put on their backpacks. Like, yeah, let's yeah. sell it to each other. Um, but I think they try to redeem it by having that one kid walk up to Chala and like say, oh, is that yours? And like he had that wonderment, yes. that other kid. And yes. so like even though, yeah, the common denominator or like whatever is going to be like, yeah, let's break it apart and sell it. It was balanced. There was a balance to it. And I think there was something in mind. Yeah. Gray areas. Uh, Gray areas. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Nuance. So like I think that's the redeeming Nuance. factor. Something the internet tried. needs badly because nobody on the internet knows what that means anymore. Really, America in general, we suffer from a lack of nuance. Did you say the thing you didn't like or? Yeah, that was that was what that was. Oh, um, oh okay. And then. Cool. That was. I think that was the end of my take. Oh well. We don't. We don't have to say take like it's not a brand. You could. <laughs> but thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> I, a what? Yeah. Oh, Keo was saying stuff, but he doesn't. Okay. <laughs> Keo, shut up. <laughs> oh my God! Did you? I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Keo, put your pants back on. <laughs> Keo, stop jerking off. Put the stop. peanut butter away. Yeah, put the. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> Well, I give the movie a nine. Um, my favorite, my favorite things about it were the score, the perfect Look, casting. Why don't you do music things? If you're so like you love music so much, you never, you're not a musician at all. No, I tried to learn piano for two years and couldn't pick it up. So yeah, but I do. I love music and I love scores and I have a passion for them. And I think this movie killed it for being a Marvel movie. It absolutely killed it. Um, but my favorite scene. And this is just because I love to see the chemistry and the dynamic in group scenes was the scene where he walked in. Um, what's his name? The Mong No. Oh. Fucking Creed. Killmonger? Killmonger, sure. Damn, I forgot his name. But yeah, when Killmonger was in the in the throne room and every like all the like all the leaders of the tribes were in there and he when he says, Yo, what up, Auntie? All the this when all the discussion was going on about it, every character, their input, like was so perfect. It was such a well balanced scene of like all the arguments, like you couldn't it all made sense. Like there was nothing said that was like off script or like way out of left field. Like everything was like beautifully said i really love that scene um and i think i think my my least favorite scene i don't know if i have one but i have another favorite scene and i think 
It's like the ending. I think they gave um, Killmonger like the best ending for a villain I've ever seen. Because it really showed like at the end, like y'all, like we're still blood. And he always said that, or his dad was like, the sunsets are more beautiful, the most beautiful you'll ever see in Wakanda. And he took them to go see, he took him to go see a, like I almost cried in the movie theater. So I thought it was a really beautiful ending to, to like a villain. Like I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was touching. I thought it hit character and just the story beautifully. I don't really have anything negative to say about it. The only reason I'm giving it, um, uh, a tennis because I I thought some parts were were really cheesy and as much as I love cheese it was too much. <laughs> that yellow though. That yellow cheese though. Um, I would give it and I think I give it a solid eight out of ten. It's really good. There's like I think there like the exp- exposition stuff is kind of weird. The climax like the fight scene isn't that great, and it's kind of as great as the movie is. There is a lot going on, so it feels kind of jumbled. But it does a lot of great stuff that I loved watching. And, like, I'm a Marvel apologist. Like, one of my favorite Marvel movies is Iron Man 2, which everyone hates. But I love how crazy that movie is and how it feels like an Ocean's Eleven movie where it's just like, we're just having a good time. We're going to do whatever we feel like. And we're still figuring out this shared universe thing. Um, so, um, yeah. I uh, My favorite thing, I really, like I was saying before, like, just that idea that, like, highlighting in a in a crazy heightened superhero way like what it's like for a kid to grow up in oakland and not that i like and again i don't know anything about what that feels like but this movie does it so well that i feel like i sort of understood what that would be like and how awful it would be and and like when you think about killmonger's journey of that little kid playing basketball finding his dad dead to like the grown-up like you know, super soldier guy with no super soldier serum, you know, like he's just this badass. He killed all those people that the little dots on his chest and he did pancake chest. Wait, what did you call it? Dinner plate. Dinner plate chest. <laughs> he did he did all that shit just to get there to become king and then he does it. Like just imagine that journey like you're spending he's probably let's say he's like twenty five, thirty. That's his whole life just to do that one thing. Like he killed his girlfriend I don't know. Maybe they were just fucking. Maybe they were in love. I don't know. But it's just he, like he does all this shit, and he finally gets there, and he doesn't quite get it. And then yeah, that's a beautiful moment with the sunset. I really like that. And it it sucks though because it's like he's actually like a really great villain, and they they had to kill him. And it's like they can't bring him back because then it kind of undoes what he meant and what he did to the story and how he changed T'Challa and all that. What so. what bothers me is that the way they set up that scene. It was still kind of vague enough where they could bring him back. It just made me think about uh, what's the movie? But that uh, last line, though, Keo, it yeah, really the, said so much about that character. And like, like, like Luke said, one of the things I loved the most was his fucking passion of just my whole mm-hmm. life's goal is to do this one thing, and I'm going to strive to do this one thing, and he does it. But then he's like, I'd rather die than than be incarcerated or be in chains or or, or live a life without any purpose at all right and uh, it was a really strong moment i mean that was kind of like see i think one of the things that held it back but also made it extend so much far is that like this movie felt like a cross between a passion project and executive bullshit yeah, where it's like, they yeah, really, they let Ryan Coogler do a lot. I think, yeah, I think they really let him do his thing. I don't know who wrote this, but in those, yeah, in those oh, moments, yeah, it was Ryan Coogler and Joe Robert Cole, who I'm assuming is probably his writing partner. Oh uh, no, he's just a guy that also helped him write it. I don't know, 
Well, it's just it's so great that like there's those moments where it really felt like just pure passion, and then there's what held me back is like some of this was like okay, cool, like we needed the formulaic bullshit because bullshit because they uh, need the money, right? And I'm like very like a cynic of like this holistic thinking of like like yeah. you said they brought it to some executives, they're like let's approve this shit because it's gonna make money, and yeah. I know there's some things in there just for the sake of money, but then a lot of a lot of the things we love felt like it just came through proper research and this passion project behind it. Well, yeah. yeah. I think Marvel's the best when it comes to making a blockbuster movie, but mm-hmm. still like, and they're, they've been getting better over time at making each movie feel like its own movie. Like we watched Thor Ragnarok. Like, yeah, it does kind of hit all the beats and the excitement and, mm-hmm. but it, I feel like it really has like Taika Waititi's voice is very much in that movie. Like, all the humor in that movie, the reason it's so funny is because it's his sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Like, if you watch Fly the Concords or What We Do in the Shadows, and then you watch Thor, you're like, I get it. Like, his character, the rock guy, I forgot what his name is right now. The, yeah, the the rock. Just yeah, like, you yeah. want to get out of here? We'll go to Spaceship. We're going to get out of here. <laughs> join us. We've got a real big spaceship. It's going to be great. I love that, dude. Oh, that's Doug. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Doug. He's, uh, he's got blades for arms or whatever. That's cool. I don't know. I, I, yeah. So I think they're slowly getting better. Like Spider-Man Homecoming, that movie was like a John – they were going for like a John Hughes movie. So you get this like high school fun like coming of age story, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, I think they're moving in the right direction and I think they're balancing uh, blockbuster with uh, film. Yeah, it, it feels like, you know, like a scientist with beakers. And yeah. like a very fr- like you More know yeah you go look at the first like five movies and you're like okay cool this is just like the bread and butter but now like we're getting to the stage where yeah they're they're fucking with other recipes and they're they're playing it very safely yeah like I can notice the safeness behind it I'm glad that they're changing it this is like it's again almost it's I is what I hate and what I love in a way where like yeah they're very careful but sometimes you want them to be reckless but if it's reckless then it got all good as shit, so it's like to a fault. It's very formulaic, but I do sense a lot of attitude. Like you said, like there's from the writers, like there is their attitude. Like you totally could tell, like where their backgrounds. There's like yeah, that, they put that their deeper story meaning. into the film, and I think that's great. That's awesome to see. Um, I don't know. We we have your game to play. I want to do one more thing really quick and talk about. Uh, what do you guys think is going to happen in Infinity War based off of this movie? And do you think the last Infinity Stone is in Wakanda? I don't know how nerdy the rest of you are. <laughs> I know you're not as nerdy as me, but... I know I know not about Infinity Stones, but I, I think it's a possibility. Yeah. <laughs> well, because in the trailer, they show them like attacking Wakanda and they're fighting there. So clearly something, they need something there, whether it's a vibranium or if there's like a... Because there was a theory that someone was floating that the reason those purple flowers do what they do is the whatever I, th- I think they said it's the soul stone is the last one, so maybe that has something to do with it. Because that was we didn't talk about that at all, but I thought that was cool that he would like visit his his uh, dad and the other kings. Like he could go to the, where they are into the what did they call it the lands beyond? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, ancestral plane. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. Uh, that was very reminiscent to how it was it Thor Ragnarok that Thor went to go see his Odin, right? Yeah, it was. That was like a similar sequence. Like there was a familiarity to it, and I was, was just like, like oh, because okay. Thor was kind of like talking to him like Obi Wan a little bit. Yeah, and then they visited him at the before he died. Yeah. Um, 
what was I gonna say? Oh, I I love too that Marvel's like, at for a long time it felt like no everything's technology based. We can't do magic or crazy shit. And then they were like, all right, fine, we're gonna do Doctor Strange and mm-hmm. we're gonna do this. And like, I'm glad they're finally leaning into that because I don't know why they were worried about people not accepting it. It's like if it's fun and it works, then who cares? It's comic books, like we know that. Someone outside is saying shit, and we all pause to listen to what it was. You can hear everything on the street in my apartment. Um, yeah, I think that would be like the only downside. I love this place, by the way, but yeah, uh, it's just a little bit too close to the outside world. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear all the weird shit. There was a lady outside my window like two weeks ago, like probably on the corner or something, and she was just like, I was really hoping that you would like, you started what, and I just wanted you to complete the meow. Like, just like, like, because I have cats. Yeah, because I have cats, like, trying to fuck each other outside of my porch. Nice. And, like, I just, I just like the idea of, like, a belligerent lady just meowing instead of actual cats. I don't know why. Did you get anyone else have any theories or thoughts about what happens next? Um, So I can't speak to anything that might happen in Infinity Wars. I'm not paying that close attention. Okay. But... Uh, I am curious about what they're going to do about the fact that there's no more of those heart flowers, purple. You know what? I I was imagining like in the next movie, they just have Doctor Strange show up and be like, you don't want to know what I had to get, go through to get this, but I got you another one. And then they just have a garden again. I feel like he could just go to like some other plane and find it. The The solution is going to be that simple. It would piss me off if it was that simple, though, <laughs> to be honest. But but that's, like, what Doctor Strange functions as is, like, oh, you need something weird? Like, he'll just go to, like, another dimension and get it for you or a planet. Like, he can just do – did you see Doctor Strange? No. Oh, okay. You should, we should watch that. We'll watch that. Yeah, he's he just said he's one of the strongest heroes. He, in the comics, they have, like, the Illuminati, and they're, like – the Illuminati are T'Challa – Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Mr. Fantastic, people like that. It's kind of neat. So, I like how they bring up Illuminati. <laughs> That's cool. Do you want to do your game? No, I just think of Kanye. And oh. I think Illuminati. Yeah, oh. I want to do a game. The game Did is... you get to give your end theories or uh, infinity? Oh. No, uh, it's just... When it comes out of my mouth, it's probably like cynic bullshit. Like, when you were saying, like, it was... like. Sometimes those answers could be really simple. Uh, oh, yeah. I was going with the death sequence of Killmonger. I felt like, dude, he got stabbed in the chest. And they obviously show how they kept uh, Agent Ross alive by putting a, what's that bead? Co- the Comeo beads or whatever they're called. And I felt like he could just threw one in his chest. Like, if they really well, wanted to bring he him back. It. He was like, we could. Yeah. yeah. And then he was like, I don't want to be saved. But I think I think he probably won't. But I could see like a character being like, "We, I need him," and they bring him back, and he's unwilling. But then he goes for it. I don't know. It makes me think of like how they killed Superman like fifteen times in the comic books, and he yeah. just somehow comes well, back. Everyone dies and comes back in the comics. Like Green Lantern did it, Flash, yeah, um, Captain America, Spider Man. They all do it. Well, like, again, executive bullshit. Like, Michael B. Jordan, Killmonger is, like, amazing role, amazing character, amazing casting. Why wouldn't you want to try to find a way to get back that cash cow? Well, I mean, <laughs> I there's a lot of villains they could go for. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's and what the, I'm hoping for. The brand for. is the character, even if he wasn't the most exciting part of it. We didn't really talk about Chadwick Boseman at all. 
it's because the cast is uh, that's one of the reasons why I gave it an eight point five is that yet yeah, to a fault the cast was the supporting cast was so good like we're talking about okay Okoye Nikia Umbaku yeah. like I remember I, that I forgot about Chadwick Boseman I think he does a really great job and like you were saying like I think you said it or one of you guys said it that the hero's journey like it's it's not that way and actually what a weird thing I appreciate about this movie even though if even though it makes him a little bit more boring is that he isn't like Thor where he's like not ready to be king. Like he's fully ready. This, like his growth in this movie is figuring out that like maybe we can change how we run our country. But mm. the whole time like he's regal, he's like calm, collected, mm. he knows what he's doing. He's like he's uh he he has honor, like he does the fight. He's like no, this is how we do this and I'm going to complete this ritual and like he he's very responsible. Like it's he's a really great role model, which is mm. awesome. And I, I just, I love that about the movie is, which it, like, it hurts the character, but it also, like, it's a thankless role for Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. He's, like, playing the straight man, like, in a scene. Yeah. It's like he's, you know, like, everyone else around him is getting to do all the fun, crazy stuff, and he's got to be the straight man, like, playing, if that makes sense. I want to try to stretch for an analogy. He's basically, like, the, like, in jazz, he's basically the bass. Yeah, like, he is. everyone could play the drums around it, the piano, like, rock, like, either guitar or, like, have all these riffs. Yeah. The supporting cast has all these riffs around it. Chadwick Boseman is just that bass line, like, I, I love the bass. That's a sack. That, that's your boy Killmonger right there. He's he's killing it on the sack. Yeah, sax. Sax, not yeah, sax. He's a sexy sax man. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, and then everyone else, the supporting cast is so good at just playing their Forrest Whitaker riffing. was great, too. We didn't even mention him. Oh, my God. And great. even the young and Forrest Angela Whitaker. Bassett, she, it's crazy that Angela Bassett's in this movie, and she does almost nothing. <laughs> like, that's she's, like, a, a phenomenal actress, and she has, like, you know, three three lines. Like, I don't know. Um, yeah, let's play your game, and then let's get out of here. Okay. So I just have a trivia game, and it's going to be in between the two people that watched it twice. Oh. Mel is going to help me judge. Oh, so we don't even get to play the game? Oh, do you want to play Mel? I don't know. Mel. I don't know yet. You and, yeah. No, 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 because I, I, I I, it's going to be unfair to me because they've seen it more than I have. I just thought that we were going to do something against each other, too. Oh, no, well, because, no. No. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Can you structure it so the three of us can play? Yeah. You don't know all the answers, right? I already know everything. Yeah. You can play, Mel. I'm, I'm serious. Okay. All right. All right. Um, but it's, I don't know. I was going to say somebody can jingle the keys because somebody has to chime in with a sound first like they do on Family Feud. Okay. <laughs> okay. You can jingle the, the keys if you have it. He'll do his bird noise and then Luke will snap. Okay? Ready. I just picked these off of a of BuzzFeed, so just bear with me. Okay? How many tribes are there in Wakanda? <laughs> I heard Keo first. We all did at the same time. Uh, was it four? Nope. Shit. It was that four. isn't correct. Luke. Five tribes, including the mountain tribe that Mbaku le- yeah. leads. Okay, so that's one for Luke, zero for everybody else. Get ready, guys. What is the name of the precious mineral of Wakanda? Ah! Luke. That's easy, vibranium. Can we all just agree? <laughs> <laughs> that one was just to test you guys' quickness. That one was easy. All right, what year was it in the Oakland flashback? Keo? 1992. Yes, Keo. Nice. What branch of the military was Everett Ross oh, from? Ah! Mel! <laughs> I think I might have cued the wrong person shit, but uh, the Marines. 
<laughs> Kyo with the seal because it was wrong. The Air Force. Yes. Okay. No, he's also in the CIA though. Oh, yeah, you said branch of the shit. military. Was he ori- Did he originally? Oh well, yeah, ori- Okay, you said he didn't say. It. Did you say originally? Wait, what? <laughs> it's okay. Move. Get, that's fine. <laughs> in which city is the museum that Killmonger and um, Clow Rob? London. Yes. And that's the last question I had, guys. It was just fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Luke won, right? Because you got two. I got two. Gil oh. got two. Mel got one. So it is going to still be in between Luke and Keo. We'll figure we'll, it out with Black Panther, too. We'll do a tiebreaker. We'll do a tiebreaker. Okay. What branch of the Marines? <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> My bad. I don't have one now. I was gonna say. I was gonna say which one is Killmonger from? Because I know that's That's yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, rock paper scissors, guys, (laughs) for bragging rights and who gets to post something on Gloria's wall on Facebook. Keo won. Keo wins bragging rights and he can post something on my Facebook, but it just can't be racist or or homophobic or anything like that. Is it gonna be what was the thing we were joking it was gonna be? Dick 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 You guys did say we're gonna put a bunch of dicks on the Facebook wall. Uh I'm gonna take a moment, you guys have fun. Yeah, that was that was my game, guys. That was fantastic. You guys, this has been an episode of Epic Tiki's The Podcast It. And so... Don't we want to wait to see what Keo's going to put on Marie Gloria's Facebook? Oh, yeah. Well, let's, let's start doing our plugs, and then when okay. we get to him, hopefully he'll have it done. Uh, you can... I'll, usually we do mine last, but I'll go first. You, you can find me at Epic Tiki Comedy on Twitter, at Epic Tiki on Instagram. I'm Luke Soin on Facebook. Please uh, listen to the... Or, well, you listen to it if you're here. Thanks for listening. Uh, but tell your friends... Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and or Podbean. Uh, rate it on iTunes, please, because that helps us get seen and looked at. And we, This is a quality podcast, so we should be heard. And then YouTube.com slash Epic Tiki Comedy for all my videos that I've done. Uh, for a, I haven't made one for a while, but I will soon. And then also Dystopian Media Networks. Type that into the Google and find the stuff that comes up there. It's good. Also, stand-up, I do that, but I... Don't really have any shows coming up except one, but that's fine. Just hit me up. Um, I'm Maria Gloria on everything with two A's. I know that sounds confusing, but it'll be on the description of the podcast. Also, I perform uh, at the Sacramento Comedy Spot every single Wednesday for Herald Night at 8 p.m. So come see me there. That's that's all I have. My name's Melanie. Uh I feel like I need to throw out a random trivia fact. My favorite part of the Oscars was when they started to play the whole, <laughs> the, the like get off stage music on somebody and then he started talking about his dead mom and they just cut it off. Oh yeah. I <laughs> live for that and we are not talking about it enough as a society. <laughs> uh, you can find me, um, I'm Millsbian in places. Um, I keep considering changing it because it's not a practical brand, but my other option isn't a very practical brand either. I'm just not good at branding. Somebody help me. I can not pay you for that help <laughs> <laughs> i love you so much melanie i love you too kid hi my name is keo um i'm currently trying to figure out what to post on maria Gloria's facebook so far i got hey guys this is keo i'm here because i'm an awesome dude that gets this opportunity to post here so um and then i'm gonna i think i'm just gonna type in dicks repeatedly <laughs> until the character limit just limits me 
Oh boy, Gloria, are you friends with your mom on Facebook? I, I am friends with it, every single member of my family. I'm gonna tag everyone into it, <laughs> and then um, uh, Mel just said that there is no character limit, so we're, we're gonna see how far we could get. My fingers are gonna hurt because this is on mobile. Um, also, uh, I too perform at the Sacramento Comedy Spot on Wednesday as an improv team. In an improv team. Uh, shout out to Space Killers. Also, I am on Twitch uh, slash SuperKeo, S-U-P-E-R-K-E-O. Um, I try to stream every now and then. Uh, also, Instagram, Snapchat, all that stuff. Uh, same same moniker, SuperKeo. Please don't steal my username. I have to start <laughs> oh registering God. shit. Uh, but yeah. Well, you can't steal it if you already have it. Oh, yeah, that's you right. You already used it, so they can't sign on. They could be like SuperKeo1 and try to one-up you. Someone did steal one of my SuperKeos. I have to put an underscore. Like really? a damn degenerate, D- like I am. Dick. I know, right? That sucks. He don't, he doesn't even he doesn't even use it. He doesn't even go here. <laughs> Anyways, we yeah, I ran into that last night trying to make a thing, so I, it's annoying. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I, my name needs to be like W X T L K B E R, and just like some dumbass name that no one's ever gonna take. I I feel like that should just be me. I'm that Fork guy now. That's how you pronounce that. Um, yeah. Anyone got anything else to... That's it? All right. My favorite part of the Oscars... I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, that's it. All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, We'll be back soon with uh, some other other, uh, thing to talk about. Thanks. Bye.